What's up? Thank you for tuning in to this UF Student Podcast. We're so excited that you stopped by to listen. If you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter at CUF Students. Well, are you guys ready to talk some ships? Relationships, that is. There was a P on the end of that. Um, obviously, tonight we're kicking off our brand new series, Brothers, Mothers, and Others, and it is a relationship series. Um, but before you kind of get freaked out and, and start looking around, I already see some of you guys like, ah, oh, this is about to get awkward. Uh, let me just tell you, that is not our intentions whatsoever. Um, this is a safe place. This is a place where you can sit back and relax and know that we're not going to get up here and talk about all the ways you're doing it wrong or talking about um, all the ways that um, you have to get rid of and stuff like that. All we want to do is make your relationships healthier and set you up for success for that. Um, so what we ask is we ask that you take what you already know about relationships, you set that aside, hear what we have to say about relationships, and then use what we have to say to help you uh, restructure what you already know about your relationships and make those better. Um, and for some of you, I know uh, you're already thinking, man, relationship series. Um, listen, Jordan, I don't know about you, but I can tell you that I don't need anybody. I'm one of those guys that I can walk into any room, make friends. I can start relationships like nobody's business. Like you wouldn't believe how good I am at relationships. But coming from another guy that has felt like that at some point in his life, let me just tell you, um, there's one thing that you're going to find that you desire really, really deeply, if not the one thing you desire the most, and that is good healthy relationships. You see, I thought I was one of those tough guys too. Those like, man, I don't need any relationships. Um, and the ones I do have, if I had to replace them, that's no problem. Uh, up until the point that I moved 600 miles from every relationship that I uh, knew, almost every relationship that I knew and moved here to Texas where uh, apparently we can have a hurricane and it can snow all in the same calendar year. Still trying to figure that one out. But I moved away from essentially every relationship that I have, and there are some things that I wish I could have back. There are some things that I wish were healthier. There were some things that I wish that I could go back and take those words or go back and take those actions or, or do it all over again because it was good. But before you start feeling too sorry for me, if you're a feeler, let me just tell you, I didn't leave every relationship behind. You see, I brought someone with me. I brought my absolute best friend in the world. Um, she's awesome. In fact, I brought her with me up here. This is my wife, Hunter. Well, this isn't my wife, Hunter. This is a uh, paper um, copy of my wife, Hunter. If this was my wife, I think there's some therapy and stuff that I would need to go ahead and jump into. But um, my wife is actually here. Some of you guys have got the pleasure to meet her. Um, she's back there in the booth. Just everyone wave at her. Um, she is that person that like I just... I wouldn't be able to live without. She's the person I know the absolute most about. I know Hunter's favorite color is purple. I know that um, what she ate for dinner last night, I know what scares her. I know what empowers her. I know that her social security number is 44603. Just kidding. I'm not giving you my wife's social security number. Some of you guys are taking notes. If I did that, let me just say, um, I'd probably be up here talking about my ex-wife and uh, the whole message would be completely different. But that's my wife. I love her. I know everything about her. But let me just be really honest with you and say, um, there was a point in time when I didn't love Hunter. Uh, there was a point in time where, in fact, I didn't even like Hunter. And, and before you start judging me too hard, there was a point in time where I didn't know Hunter. You see, at every relationship and every 
love, romance, um, whether it's your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, even if it's with um, like a brother or sister and you just have this relationship, there's a relationship process that you have to go through. There's a, there's a starting point. And so tonight, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about our relationship process. I believe there's three key phases in a relationship, and I want to walk us through those phases because I believe it won't only inform us about how to have better, healthier relationships with other people, but I believe when we start applying and realizing and, and figuring out where we land in these phases with God, I believe it can overhaul that relationship as well. And so here's how my mind works. Here's the three key phases in my mind. They're up here on the screen. The first one is the look, right? You've got the look, then you've got the pursuit, and then you've got the lockdown. The look, the pursuit, and the lockdown. That's just how my mind works. Whenever I think about relationships, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, there are three things that I've got to remember, and I've got to remember the look, the pursuit, and the lockdown. And so let's just jump right into them. So first, number one, the look. What is the look? The look is that oh dang moment, right? We've all experienced it, whether it's you see her for the first time or you see him for the first time, and you're just like, oh, dang, right? We've all been there at some point in time. And I remember my oh dang moment with Hunter. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were standing in the student union of the college I went to and I'm standing there and I'm just like, I'm talking to my friends. I've got two other friends there. One's name's Colin, one's name's Kyle. And we're standing there talking in mid conversation. Hunter goes walking through and mid conversation, conversation ended, right? And we all three were just like, oh, dang, right? We knew we had to get to know that girl, right? And here's how you know the difference between a look and the look. The difference between a look and the look is after the look, there's an immediate reaction of pursuit. Like I've got to figure out any way I possibly can to get to know that girl. And let me just tell you all three of us, as she walked by, as she walked by, had the look because the first words out of Colin's mouth after she walked by this with this, they were incredibly poetic. Are you ready for them? I bet I can get a date with her before you losers. I bet I can get a date with her before you losers. And me and Kyle, of course, we look at this dude and we're like, dude, are you serious right now? You think you could place a bet on a date with a girl? She's got feelings. You're joke. No, we didn't say that. No, <laughs> no. We were like, uh, yeah, game on. Like, let's do this. The pursuit is on, right? Like we are all in like, like let's go for it. We've all been there. We've all had this moment of, oh, dang in our lives. And in fact, we've all been on the side that someone's looking at us. And I know right now, some of you guys are thinking, man, Jordan, I don't know, but you've seen me. Uh, ain't nobody looking at me. And if they're looking at me, they're looking away real quick, right? Nah, listen, there's somebody that has seen you. There's somebody that looked at you for the very first time and thought, oh, dang. Like, I've got to get to know this person. I've got to have a relationship with this person. You see, at Community of Faith, we believe in creation. We believe that God created everything you see, or at least had a hand in everything that you see. We believe that God created you individually. We believe, because what scripture says, we believe that he even had a hand in forming you in the womb. And let's just look at what God has to say about creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 20, 28. 
This is what he says. He says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 31, and God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Very good. Our oh dang moment is God's it's very good moment. God got done and he looked around and he was like, anybody see what I did? Like anybody see this human being? Anybody see this person? Like, man, this is, this is, the, this is the one. Like I've got to have a relationship with this one. And I believe that whenever you were born and God saw you from, from the very beginning, I believe God saw you and said, man, I need a relationship with that person. I believe that because God began to set up his pursuit for you long before you were ever born. So the look is that oh dang moment. It's that recognition that we need to get to know that person. That's phase one. Phase two, the pursuit. Now this is full on recon mode. You've got to gather all the information you can about a human being. This is social media stalking. This is uh, getting together with her friends and trying to figure out what she likes, what she doesn't like. This is background check, social security numbers. Uh, maybe the last two are me. I don't know. Uh, I had to go there. But this is where ladies in particular, you guys get in trouble because you're really, really good at this. Right. And you'll find something out about that guy that you're trying to like start talking to. Right. You'll find something out that he hasn't shared with you. And then you'll bring it up in a conversation. He'll be like, wait, what? And it turns into like this really awkward moment where you like got to try and like, oh, no, man, your friend told me. No, like, relax. It's fine. I don't watch you sleep. Right. So that's a pursuit. And I remember, I'm going to be honest, my pursuit for Hunter, it didn't start out real strong, right? So we made this bet and the pursuit began. And like one day later, Colin, the dude that was like, hey, I bet I can get a date with this girl and you four or you three can't, right? Two, man, I can't count. So the one that made the bet, he calls me. He's like, guess what I'm doing? I was like, I don't, I don't know. And he goes, I'm about to drive to Oklahoma City with Hunter. I was like, who's Hunter? That girl? And I was like, oh, no. No. Right? Like, you beat me. Right? Well, good news is it wasn't a date. Bad news is Colin struck first. See, he knew that he was going to have to get to know Hunter before she would go on a date with him. So what he did, he had some silly reason to go to Oklahoma City. I think he had, like, return some headphones or something. But he was like, Hunter, go with me. Hunter was like, okay. So Hunter went with him, and he had her undivided attention for one hour. A lot can be said in one hour. And my mind is going a million miles an hour. I'm thinking, man, like this guy's going to beat me. Like I can't let this guy beat me. I'm better than this. Like what do I do? And so I came up with this brilliant plan. Fellas, this is a good idea. If you want to start talking to a girl, want to start pursuing a girl, get to know her friends. Okay, because if her friends don't like you, they're going to cast you down all the time. So what I did is I decided I'm going to go make friends with Hunter's friends. And so I went and started talking to this girl, Morgan, uh, who's really close with Hunter. And I was like, hey, listen, Morgan, uh, I think your, your friend Hunter is really pretty. And um, I really want to take her on a date. Um, of course, I didn't mention the circumstances. But 
I said, I want to take her on a date. And she goes, okay, let's come up with a plan together. And so here was the plan is we all had this test, right? And it was this big test. And it was, it was one of those ones that like, you just felt in here. Like, like it, you just felt it in your heart and you're like, man, I don't want to take this test. So we were all getting ready to start half of the study for like four, four days straight, right? So here's the plan. Morgan is going to ask Hunter for me to go to the library and study. And Hunter's going to think it's just her and Morgan. And whenever they get there, Morgan's going to text me. And then I'm just going to kind of casually show up. Oh, hey, girl. Right? It's going to be, it's brilliant. It's going to work perfectly. Like there's nothing that could go wrong. And so I'm excited. The night comes. Morgan and Hunter, they go to the library. They start studying for this ridiculous test. Morgan texts me and I'm like, game on. So I'm in my room trying to get spiffy, you know, putting some of that perfume, man perfume, you know, trying to get, get ready to go. And as I'm out the door, I think, wait a second. I've got to rub this in my friend's face. I got to tell somebody, right? So I ran down to Colin's room and I, I banged on the door and banged on the door and banged on, he didn't answer. So I was like, man, forget you. So I ran down to Kyle's room, banged on the door, banged on the door. He answers the door. And this dude is wearing his favorite shirt, his absolute favorite shirt. And just, man, I can't even just look at, this is what his favorite shirt said right here. I, I, you got to see it before I can say it. I pooped today. His favorite shirt was one that said, I pooped today. And Phyllis, let me just tell you, if you're trying to get a date with a girl that you don't know, you don't want to meet her wearing a shirt saying, I pooped today. And so in my mind, I had two options. I could be a good friend and I could be like, all right, see you, Kyle. I'm going to go study uh, with Morgan Hunter and it's going to be awesome. You're kind of a loser because you don't get to study with us, but it would save Kyle's face, right? Or not only could I have an opportunity to go get to know Hunter, I could sabotage Kyle while I did it. Yes. So I said, Kyle, come study with us, man. Kyle's like, all right. So he thinks he's coming to study with me and Morgan. And so we walk over to the library and we turn the corner, we go up the stairs, turn the other corner. And as soon as we turn, there they are sitting there, Morgan and Hunter. And I mean, it was just as soon as we walked around that corner, they both looked up and saw us and I'm laughing hysterically. And I kid you not, Kyle looked at me and he said, well played. <laughs> and I was just like, I'd like to think so. And so we walked up to Hunter and we walked up to Morgan and we start talking and Hunter's just looking at this fool. Man, he's just, she's just looking at this fool. And she's just like, cool, uh, cool shirt. And I knew, I knew in that moment it had crushed him. I knew he was out of the bet. I knew that I had defeated Kyle and now all I had to do was defeat Colin. You see, we come up with these ridiculous ideas in order to pursue somebody, in order to pursue the hopes of a relationship, right? And we've got to tell somebody. In both moments, when Colin took Hunter to Oklahoma City, he had to call me. Whenever I was going over to the library, I had to tell them. You know, Jesus isn't any stranger to this. Jesus came up with this wild idea. He came up with this absolutely insane idea in order to have a relationship with everybody on this planet 
And he wanted to tell his friends. And this is what it looked like. Mark chapter 8, 31 says this. He then began to teach them that the son of man, Jesus, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, the pastors, and that he must be killed. And after three days rise again, he spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So just imagine with me, you've got Jesus walking up to you. You're one of his best friends and he's going, hey, I got this idea and it's a good one. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do is I understand that along the way, uh, humanity, they kind of messed up. They sinned against me, right? And because I'm a just God, I can't allow sin to be in my presence. But if there's a sacrifice involved, a perfect sacrifice, they can then have relationship with me. So here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to start teaching some things, some things that the pastors of the time, they might not like. In fact, I'm going to get kicked out of the church. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to make them mad enough that they decide to kill me. And then after they kill me, like three days go by and I'm going to rise from the dead. Like it's going to be awesome. Everyone at that point can have a relationship with me if they so choose. Peter goes, dude, I get that you're a son of God and all, but you're talking like an idiot. Like, what are you talking about? That's what that word rebuked is, man. Like, stop. You cannot do this. This doesn't make any sense. But I absolutely love Jesus' response. This is it. Verse 33. But when Jesus turned and looked at his, his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Do me a favor, and the next time you come up with one of these wild, ridiculous plans in order to pursue somebody, go to your friends and tell them. And when they try and talk you out of it, I want you to look them square in the eye, right in the face, and I want you to say, get behind me, Satan! Exactly like that. And I want to know how that goes for you. So you come back and you tell me, and I'm just going to be honest, if, if you're walking up with a black eye, I'm going to automatically assume that you did that right? But seriously, Jesus had this wild plan in order for us to have a relationship with him. But here's the wild part about that is it takes an equally crazy plan, an equally wild plan on our part in order to pursue him back. Jesus doesn't quit talking. This is what he says in verse 34. He turned and then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Verse 35, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. You see, Pursuit is a two-way street, right? If I were to pursue Hunter and I started trying to get dates with Hunter and I started trying to get to know Hunter and I just started to show up where Hunter was showed up, like where it was at, like the library thing, and she never decided to turn and pursue me back, that turns into stalking and this whole situation changes, right? It ends up in like jail or restraining orders or something like that. You see, The pursuit is a two-way street in the fact that if you're being pursued, you will eventually have to have the other person pursue you back. Hunter did that. She would invite me over 
to do homework that she already did. Oh, and not in the fun way where she just gives me the answers. In the way where she pretended like she hadn't done it. And I was sitting there doing homework and she was pretending to do homework. We're still working through it. We got some counseling and stuff that we got we to gotta make it through that. I'm still bitter. But it was wild, right? There was a pursuit on Hunter's part too to spend time with me. The same thing is true for Jesus. In our relationship with Jesus, we have to begin to pursue Jesus back. We have to get to a point where we're ready to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus. And honestly, when we start thinking about that and the crazy idea of giving up some of the things in our life that we know aren't healthy, giving up some of the things in our life that we know don't please Jesus, it gets a little scary. And honestly, we start backing up. We start backing away from the commitment that we need to make. But I don't think Jesus is asking us to give everything up at once. You see, I think Jesus is just asking us, hey, listen, I want you to have an open mind. I want you to have an open mind about the way I live. I want you to have an open mind about my principles. And I want you to begin to give up some of these things. And as you do, I believe, Jesus is saying, I believe that you're going to begin to see a better way to live. And I believe that as we see that better way to live, our relationship with Jesus is strengthened. So here's what he's asking you to do. He's asking you to step in completely. Jesus is asking you to get to that lockdown moment. I remember whenever I first decided that I was going to lock Hunter down, right? I decided, hey, I am going to jump into this thing full out. I'm going to marry Hunter, and this is what I did. Lockdown, yeah, that's a full, total commitment. I went to the jewelry store. I bought a ring I couldn't afford, and I made my plan, right? And so I sat down, and I made my plan, and I was actually on the plane whenever I made my plan because I was already living here, and so I was flying back to Oklahoma, and I was thinking through how I was going to do this, and I was going to take Hunter to our lake spot. And our lake spot was that spot where we would just go, and we would hang out, and we would dream about life, and we would dream about our future, and we would just um, essentially just fall in love in that spot. It was where I did tell Hunter that I loved her for the very first time. This was a really special spot to us. And so I decided, man, I'm going to take Hunter to the spot. I'm going to tell her how much I love her, why I love her, why I'm excited about our future together, and then... At the right moment, I'm going to propose and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. Like she's going to be so excited. She's going to give me one of those, (gasps) right? You know what you're talking about. Come on. (gasps) Okay. Yes. Right. And I'm going to put the ring on her finger and we're going to walk out of there. It's going to be awesome. Right? So here's how it really happened. Yeah. So what I didn't know was that Oklahoma had some ridiculous amount of rain going on in the weeks leading up to me being there. It's perfectly sunny the day that I show up, but um, as we pulled up to the lake, to our spot, our spot is no more. It is underwater. If we wanted to get to our spot, we'd be swimming in like eight feet of water. And so I thought, that's probably not a great way to propose. So I'm sitting there in the car with Hunter, and I'm trying to think through like, man, do I, do I, like, do I go for this? Do I not go for this? So I was like, I'm going for it. So I'm moving forward. Right? And so I started explaining to Hunter, hey, baby, this is why I love you. I'm excited for our future. It's going to be awesome. And just whenever I thought, man, like, I've, I've nailed this. I've got this. I reach into my pocket, and I pull out a ring, and I hold it out, and I said, will you marry me? She doesn't say anything. And I'm like, huh? 
And then I look down and I see what she's doing. You see, she's picking the pocket lint off of this ring. And just, just let me explain. I, in my mind, got really paranoid that she was going to figure out that I was going to propose to her. And I figured that if I had a box in my pocket, she would see it, guess that it was a ring, and know that I was going to propose. And so I just decided to put the ring in my pocket. And what I didn't notice was that gigantic piece of lint whenever I pulled it out. And so I can imagine what she's thinking. Oh, how sweet, a three-carat piece of lint. This is going to be great. So excited. Now she, she picks it off and, and then she looks at the ring and she looks at me and she looks at the ring and she looks at me and she looks at the ring and she looks at me and she says this. So can I tell people? And I was like, so is that a yes? You know, like, come on. And so like, if that's not a romantic story, I don't know. Well, that is our proposal story. Honestly, it couldn't fit us any better because we are a hot mess when we're combined we're a hot mess when we're separate. But it just, it, it, was, it was our lockdown moment. It was the moment that we decided, man, this is it. Total commitment. I'm all in. And here's the deal. Is when we begin, or when we have the look and we begin the pursuit, everything is leading up to that moment. Right? Everything is leading up to that lockdown moment with that person. And the same is true with God. You see, Jesus is asking us, hey, listen, like I've done my part. We know what it looks like for Jesus to pursue us. Jesus' pursuit for us led him straight to the cross. And he laid down his life for us. And so as Jesus asks us to pursue him, he makes it a lot easier for us. He's saying, hey, listen, stop worrying about how good you are now. Stop worrying about what you think, what you think you've got to get in the right order before you step into a relationship with me. And this This is how you say yes to me. This is it. Romans 10. Verse 9 and 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Stop. Stop worrying about whether you've got your stuff straight. Stop worrying about if you're good enough. Stop worrying about if um, you, you, you have another way. Like, stop worrying about it. Like, stop trying to pursue and make this thing hard. Jesus is saying, I've made it really easy for you. Just say yes. Step into this thing with me. I'm not asking you to be perfect right now. I'm saying that as we walk in this relationship together, you're going to begin to look more like me, and you're going to begin to figure out a better way to live, a better way to relationship. Here's what I want everyone to do. I just want you to just close your eyes where you are and take a moment. And I want you to just figure out for yourself where you're at in your relationship with with Jesus. And here's why it's important. Because I believe that the health of our relationship with Jesus will determine the health of every other relationship that you have in your life. And so where are you? What phase are you in? Are you in the look? Where you're looking at this thing and you're thinking, man, this this sounds like a good idea. 
Are you in the pursuit and thinking, man, like, I just can't be that easy. Are you, are you ready for the lockdown or have you hit the lockdown but you no longer pursue Jesus so it just feels like nothing's changed? Where are you? You've got to figure this out. You see, if you're ready to make a jump from the pursuit to the lockdown or even from the look to the lockdown, here's how you do that tonight. Is you just have a conversation with Jesus. It's what we call prayer. And it looks a little something like this. Hey, Jesus, listen, I know I'm messed up. Jesus like, I know. I know that I've sinned against you. I know that you died on the cross for me. I know that you rose again three days later. And I believe in that. And I believe in you. And I believe that somehow, way, you still want a relationship with me. And so here's what I'm saying is I'm saying, Jesus, I just want to jump in on this with you. I commit my life to living it for you and with you. Let's do this. I'm locked down. Let's go. You guys can look up. See, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you made that decision tonight. I don't know if you made that decision years ago. I don't know if you made that decision last week. But there's something really cool in a relationship about remembering And I'm not talking about just the good stuff. I'm talking about remembering some of the bad stuff, some of the, the, just the real nasty stuff that you had to walk through in order to get to where you're at in the current relationship that you're in. And I believe that's true for our relationship with Jesus. You see, Hunter and I, every year on our anniversary, we go out and we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Straight up, we just talk about it. We bring some stuff up that, man, some people wouldn't be comfortable bringing up. And, And the reason why... It's because as we bring those things up, as we bring some of that nasty back to the surface and we kind of relive some of the hurt that we felt in those moments, I believe we become more appreciative of one another. I believe we become more appreciative of where we are in our relationship. And so tonight, that's what I want to do with Jesus. If you have a relationship with Jesus, I want to remember that. I want to remember the pursuit Jesus put after you which led him straight to the cross, right? And so just a minute, we're gonna do that through communion. And what I want you to do is I want you to go to one of these tables. We've got two at the front, one on this side and one on this side, and, and we've got one in the back. And as you go to that table, I just want you to be in, in, in just a quiet train of thought of just thinking about what Jesus has done for you. And as you tear that bread and you grab that cup, I'm asking that you don't take it there. I'm asking that you come back to your seat because I want to take this with you. I want to walk you through communion. And let me just talk to the people that don't have a relationship with Jesus tonight, that you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're not even interested. That's okay. But I'm I'm gonna tell you that you don't have to feel obligated to take communion. It would be really awkward for me to sit down and have an anniversary dinner with somebody that I met two days ago, right? We don't know one another. We haven't walked through life together. We haven't had this relationship. And in the same way, it would be a little bit awkward for you. And I don't want you to feel that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus to take communion. Because you're like, man, I'm trying to remember, but I don't really remember anything because I've never had a relationship with you. 
There's no judgment there at all. This is a safe place. And so if you do have a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna ask right now that you go ahead and that you get up and you grab your elements and that you go back to your seat. You guys can go ahead and start moving. Thank you for tuning in to the student podcast. Check us out on Twitter or Instagram at COF Students.